What's up, everybody? You have landed on another episode of Critical Mess, the podcast where three chums in the ad business talk about movies that critics and audiences just don't agree on. So this is episode number seven. I'm Nick Honeywell. I'm here with a couple of dudes. Uh, one of them is named Grizz Griswold. He's also known as Andrew. The other one is named Brian McCullough. We've, of course, got producer Ben. Gentlemen, let the people know you're here. Hey, this is Brian. Um, last year, I watched every single James Bond movie in chronological order, and the objectively best movie is Goldeneye. Very nice. This is Andrew or Grizz. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk shit on this film, so let's do it. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into that, um, but before we get into this week's movie, we're going to do our icebreaker. Oh, yeah. So this week's icebreaker, guys, is which movie has the best soundtrack? And this could be, um, you know, it could be best as in like best as a, you know, once again, from kind of a best for the movie, like it's it, the music's just amazing or best as in it's just your favorite. It's the shit you jam to, you know. Ooh, it has to be one movie. It can't be a trilogy, right? You can go. We can keep it loose. Can go the trilogy if you want. Well, shit. And that, that's not fair to every other movie. That's just one movie, though. Well, <laughs> I, I guess Sorry. that's I guess that's true. Uh, OK. Yeah, I'm being too. How about I'll start? You give you guys. Me. Yeah, what, what's yeah your I'll, answer, I'll, I'll, I'll start to give to give you guys a second here. So I'm going to go with Drive. Uh, I think Drive has one of the best soundtracks of all time, objectively, as, as objectively as I can be. Uh, Cliff Martinez, absolute beast. Uh, he is, um, if you don't know, the drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers and a, a retro synthwave uh, monster. Um, and I um, have always loved that movie, but I think really what what makes a lot of that movie is just the soundtrack is fucking awesome. So that is my answer. That's a great, great answer. That, that first song that plays when they're kind of panning over the city after the, after the drive. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know the name of it, but I, I believe that's, isn't, isn't night call the first, but yeah, Kavinsky, there it is. the first yeah. Yeah, track. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Starts, perfect, perfect starts song. there and then it just gets even better. I'm going to, I'm going to go single movie, even though it's part of a trilogy, I'm going to go, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade has the most thematic motif tracks in it that I just love every single one of them. And there's enough new stuff in that one from the first two to where it's not a rehash. Uh, oh, man, this is tough. Um, I don't listen to the music often, but I have always gone back and listened to this soundtrack uh, repeatedly and remixes of it. So the Tron Legacy soundtrack, uh, if you've not listened to it, the movie was meh. I thought it was fun but it was just kind of a letdown but the soundtrack is well beyond what the movie makes up for so i think it's just stunning damn so you guys went Daft punk you guys went you guys went electronic i like it yeah. i like your style yeah yeah good good answers good answers i'm guys. just a boomer all right so okay um before we go any further i, I want to kind of clarify something here um and that is you know what what do we mean by movies that critics and audiences don't on. Our, our one listener asked us that. So um, here's what we mean, generally speaking, for clarity. Um, we're talking about movies that on Rotten Tomatoes have a 20% or higher disparity between the overall critical reception and audience reception. So if it's a movie we, we really want to talk about, um, we might cheat that 20% a little bit, but that's kind of the, the general rule. So now, now you know, listener. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. And, and also... In addition to that, what, it can't be like a seventy and a ninety, right? That's a, that's a great point. Yeah, it has it must be fresh and rotten. Which is, the threshold is sixty percent. Uh, correct. So sixty yeah. percent yep. is the so threshold. So one of them has to yeah. be below sixty, the other above. Okay. Yeah, great point. Correct. Yep. 
Okay, before we jump into the movie this week, one more thing, caveat, spoilers, lots of them, you've been warned. So now that that is all out of the way, tonight we are talking about the classic buddy comedy, Twilight. <laughs> that, that's at least how I'm going to bucket it, guys, here, here genre-wise. It's definitely not a vampire movie. It's, uh, it's, it's not a lot of things. Um, yeah, it's but very similar to Tommy Boy in a lot of respects. So, um, so okay, why are we talking about Twilight? Um, I, well, I, I really have no fucking idea, but we are. <laughs> we are talking about it. I, and I guess it's because critics gave it a, a actually, I'd say a kind of a surprisingly high 49%. And audiences gave it 72% on Rotten Tomatoes, so um, falls squarely within our criteria uh, for the show. The movie stars um, Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, Billy Burke, Peter Facinelli, um, a young Anna Kendrick. Um, so it's a, a pretty, well, these days um, would be considered a pretty stacked cast. I guess Peter Facinelli is not really in high demand anymore. That young Anna Kendrick looks the exact same age today as she did then. I, true. Facts. Facts. Uh, this film came out in 2008. It was directed by Catherine Hardwick. Uh, it made a fuck ton of money. Uh, let's get into it. So first, I think the the place to start here, gentlemen, is, you know, what was our you know first exposure to this movie? When did you first see it? And I guess what were your kind of preconceptions about the movie going in? Oh, man. Okay. So early on, I think my wife and sister-in-law convinced me to watch this soon after it came out. Uh, after it went on DVD or whatever, streaming or something like that. Uh, so I watched it by myself after they convinced me to do it uh, at my wife's house back in the day, her, her parents' house, and watched it by myself, and I could not believe how terrible this film was back then. Uh, can't believe it got made, and the hype behind it was pretty real at the time. I mean, a lot of people were talking about this movie, uh, obviously based on the books, um, but it had a weird low budget of $37 million, which isn't beyond uh, low. And I mean, even then it was low. You can tell when you watch the movie. Yes, you can tell. But I think it's it's odd because the book came out in 2005. This came out in 2008. So this was quickly made after the virality of that book coming out. So, Yeah, I, uh, same. My sister-in-law. Uh, we went on a family vacation uh, right when it came out over to Arizona. And she. it must have been... a over a year after it came out or something because she had it on DVD and she was, she's like, the, she is the biggest Twilight fan I've ever met. And um, so she's like, we have to watch this. And I, it, we were in a cabin in the middle of the woods and I had nothing else to do. So I watched it and it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I enjoyed it um, to a certain extent, or at least maybe I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And then never watched it again after that. Never watched any of the sequels uh, until a week ago. So I, admittedly, I had no idea what a big deal this movie was. I really, I just didn't know. It was there, huge. Yeah, there was no one in my life that was clamoring about this movie when it was it like came as out big or, as Harry Potter. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I see that now, but I, I legitimately did not know that just because I didn't know anyone that was really into it. Um, you didn't have a sister in law. Correct. Correct. Um, I. Yeah, how did both of our sister in laws get us into this film? Because they're. Fans, yeah. Because of Robert Pattinson. Oh yeah, he is pretty dreamy. So he's our Batman now. So. He's a fucking awesome Batman. <laughs> so um, I first saw this movie a, a few nights ago and didn't have much of any expectation. I I I, I admittedly expected not to like it. It's not for me. But um, yeah, that was I was I was jumping in pretty cold. So. 
Okay, now that now that we've we've um, got a little background about um, you know our our history with this lovely film, I think we need to rate it. Um, Grizz, give uh, us a number out of a hundred. How are you feeling, and and why are you rating it that uh, way? Why am I rating it? Well, I have to rate it. Why? No, well, we know you have to rate it. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I have. I to said, rate why it. are you rating it that way? Uh, I'm going. Uh, I thought about this, so I I give it a thirty-one. Out of 100. Oh, we were so close. It oh. feels high still. We almost did it. Um, but it had a couple, I guess, I don't know, redeeming pieces in it. But I, it was really a struggle to go that high. So 31 out of 100 is my full review. So 33, man. Oh man, we were we all we Very all, we close. all what did we did we decide what we would do if we ever came I think in we with have the to exact same our glasses of whatever we're oh, drinking? Oh, we just waterfall. I, absolutely. If okay. one of us or two of us come with the same answer, we got it. Well, yeah. our sponsor 1792 uh would disappear pretty quick if that happened. Uh but yeah, I'm giving it a 33. Um I I did not hate the movie. Um I think I will say I think if this movie was a standalone by itself with no sequels, just a campy just like cult hit like just that's it for some reason i think i would have given it a higher rating but because it's part of this massive franchise and it was i don't know if it's the contrarian in me um but that detracts a little bit from it um and then obviously we'll we'll go through the the specific reasons why um i didn't like it but um yeah 33 not good not terrible shout out to 1792 holler at us um so uh, I, I just also I just want to remind everybody you're listening to Critical Mess and we are talking about Twilight tonight. My rating for this film is going to be a 54. Uh, I, that's probably a, a little higher than than y'all might have been expecting. And I, I actually was going to rate this movie a lot lower until I thought about it a little bit more. And I actually kind of enjoyed watching this movie. A, a sick part of me kind of enjoyed it. Just kind of, you know, just like when you just watch something that's it's just kind of it's just kind of dirty. Feels 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 wrong, but it feels right. Like Bad Boys too. Yeah, there's there's something there. Yeah. There's 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 some a bit is of a parallel there. Is it the 100-year-old dating the 16-year-old aspect or is it something else? No. Um that that's not it. I mean, he, to be fair, he looked great for his age. So Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um literally sparkling. So Um yeah, so so I'm going with the 54. I, I I did see some things to enjoy in this movie. Obviously, this movie was um, a a piece of shit from a critical perspective. I think to to put it um, bluntly. You want to speaking of that? Do you want to kind of talk about how we've come up, what our ratings entail? I, guess? I, I do. I absolutely do. Um, so our when we when we rate these movies out of a hundred. Um, our ratings are sort of combining the just the personal enjoyment we got from the movie with the critical quality that we saw in the movie. And, and clearly for me, the uh, personal enjoyment I got from this movie is um, helping the score trend up because the critical quality of this film is is quite low. And it's very difficult, I think, to argue otherwise. Although we're going to get into a couple things a little later that I actually thought this, fin- this film did well from a, a critical standpoint. Yeah. And, and I'll say, I think, um, not to get too granular, but my um, sort of critical rating probably would have been 10 or 15 points lower. So the enjoyability is really what this, my rating is hanging on most of it, probably think, more than you. I think it's, I think it's fair to say a lot of that's unintentional. Um, and, and, but a little bit was intentional. I'll, 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 I'll throw out a bone. I'll throw out a bone. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's, let's just kind of, let's get right into it um, about, about the disparity here. So, so I want to hear from you too. You know, why do critics and audiences, 
um, Grizz and, and Brian not agree on this movie, in your opinion? You know, we've talked about this a lot with other movies and gotten into it. To be honest, I think it really boils down to one simple answer here, and I don't even think it's very complicated. I think it's the fact that the audience for this movie were 15-year-old girls, and they all just were entranced by Robert Pattinson, and they all are in love with him, and that equals a 5 out of 5 rating. I think that when you read a lot of the audience ratings, um, they're, they're, they're all in on the unconditional love which there's no unconditional love in this movie. I don't know where they're where they're getting that phrase from, but yeah, it's just it's just the dreamy, hot Robert Pattinson, and just the whole seductiveness of the vampire sort of lore. Um, that and that alone are, are what I'm seeing in these audience ratings. I'm not seeing anything about like performance, you know, about you know dialogue, um, any of that kind of stuff. I'm seeing literally this is a love story, and I and I love Robert Pattinson. And then critics, of course, don't have that that skew, so they're just looking at it and going, "This movie is just like either subpar or average." I I hate to make it too simplistic, and by by all means, add any nuance to that if you want. Yeah, I have to. I mean, I already said this earlier, but I think it definitely comes down to the um, the explosion of the book series as well. Just really recently, before the movie even came out, so I think that being like a bestseller and exploding off shelves in the teen market. I mean, the book was, from what I understand, was written for young audiences so preteen to teen um it was very simplistic i guess i mean you can tell which lines from the movie were from the book as they say them out loud because they used words that were much larger than you would imagine for this dialogue but uh it i think it did have to do with some of that too just how well it built up through the book series and then three years later obviously i mean they must have gone into production on this so fast to make this within three years or release it within three years of the book coming out so that's impressive. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with with both of you. Um, I think this this movie clearly has a you know a sort of uh, just a an undeniable and and primal appeal to to teen girls. You know this this dreamy, dangerous boy that can you know kill you at any moment or save you at any moment who really wants to kill you, but yeah. he's just trying so hard not to. That noble bastard. And I get it. Like, I'm not poo-pooing that. Like, that... I, I get it, too. Yeah. I, I totally understand that. Um, I'll read from, from somebody named Noor Tamer. They gave it a 5 out of 5 on Google Reviews, and 88 people upvoted this, so I'll read this one. Um, I love Twilight in a way that I've never loved a film in my entire life. The story is just brilliant. The love in this story between two people is just indescribable. Um, I don't think this is a love story. I'm just going to drop that and just let it hang. Okay. I don't think it's a love story. I don't see, I don't see it as a love story. I agree with you actually. Okay. I hadn't really thought about that, but now in my, just with a little quick thinking, I can see how you could rationalize that. I'd be like saying can't hardly wait. It's a love story. Yeah, you know right, I mean? right. There's nothing really. It's a bunch of fucking teenagers that are, right. that are horny. Yeah. Hormones raging. Like, this is not a love story. Yeah, I think the biggest one was just a coming of age, a simplistic there coming you of go. age story. Coming of age is And it better. wasn't until later in me, I rewatched it again last night and fell asleep while I was watching it. But there was a, an interesting theme that came out was, or not a theme, but just something I noticed that Edward has gone through that teenage years, obviously so many times as you see the, the cap and gown or the cap mosaic on their wall in their house. So he's obviously lived through high school 
four years, multiple times over a hundred years. So like, it's weird that she's having this coming of age story while he's like, what awkwardly guiding her. I don't know how else to see it that way, but it's weird that he's like pushing her along to be more advanced than she is. And he's a hundred something years old. So he's gone through this a few times, but I I think calling it a love story is is a, I'd agree. I, yeah, I would agree. It's an insult to love stories. I mean, you take a take a movie like Braveheart, which is a which is a classic love story, or a movie like uh, A Beautiful Mind, Casablanca. Yeah, Casablanca. You've got these stories with, with love, which is not just lust. It's like two people that are actually going like against odds and like staying with each other through thick and thin and g- getting over obstacles and all that stuff. This right here is a story about two people that are just chemically attracted to each other. Yeah, they, That's just, it. they just want to do it. Yeah, they yeah. just want to do it. Yeah, and and, and pull quote. Think, I think, <laughs> and I think we're 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 just dancing around this question. So let's just let's let's just talk about it. That what is the theme, right? What what is the theme of this movie? And um, I mean, it's whatever it is, it sucks, right? I mean, I think the theme is probably to me the 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 very thinly veiled. I mean, oh so paper thinly veiled theme is i guess abstinence right and desire i think is kind of the thing that this is all about um you know i think the the scene where um you know pattinson and stewart are, are kind of getting intimate alone in the bedroom for the first time and he like has the freak out and you know and they they can't have sex because he just he just he freaks out right i mean that's just like i mean damn that, that was really on the nose as an abstinence metaphor Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I would say this is a Romeo and Juliet retelling and the theme is forbidden love. Um, that's kind of what, that's kind of the, 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 what rises to the top for me as far as a the theme. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's th- actually th- a think, cool theme. I mean, well, it's, it, it is. it's just not executed well, but I, I you know, Romeo and Juliet, you know, classic. I think, I think we're based, I think absence and desire is basically the same. It's thing. all, it's all <laughs> one of the same, same thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, one of these uh, poll quotes I got from one of the reviews was, I've had mosquito bites that were more passionate than this undead, unrequited, and altogether unfun pseudo-romantic riff on Romeo and Juliet. Oh, so there you go, Romeo and Juliet. It's, yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned the Romeo and Juliet thing, so I had to pull that quote out. But it's, it's, it is interesting that they have this desire where it's same Romeo and Juliet. She couldn't have this guy from a lower tier of class and, you know, humanity. So it's... The exact same. He, she's of a different world. He's from a different, obviously, a different world. He's a vampire. So, but can we talk about how how it tries to be Romeo and Juliet, but it doesn't succeed? So Romeo and Juliet, you know, the whole idea is it's the Montagues and the Capulets, and they 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 cannot intermarry, right? I mean these these families. I've been a long time since I've read or watched it. Is is that the thing? Like they're it's forbidden to yeah. sort yeah, of cross like, the uh, families. families to intermingle. Yeah. 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 Okay. So like th- the obstacle there is just, that's what it is. You cannot, you cannot intermarry and they do. Right. So they're going against it. What's the obstacle here again? It's not like he's always trying to not kill her. Right. Am I missing something? I think, no, in what I the obstacle is? The, is it just because she's a human and he's a vampire and that's the only obstacle? Yeah, it was weird because his attraction to her was something that was like instinctual to him, something he's never seen before. Like he couldn't read her mind. He couldn't like of anybody in the entire room. He says that a couple of times, I think, in the movie. But it was interesting that his attraction to her was something he he's never seen before or he couldn't have. So it was something he's never been able to achieve. Like he's never been able to find somebody like that. But like he was attract. He's like madly attracted to her, right? Yeah, yeah. Like when the scent kind of blows across, and he and you know, and then he can't read her. So she's got that allure and that mystery. Yeah. Like he's sexually attracted to her, right? Am I am I right? I'm right, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And she's sexually attracted to him, right? 
Obviously. I think that's that's yes. So what's the obstacle? I guess I guess the obstacle is just the ostracization of the other vampires knowing she's a human. Is yeah, would that well, be the that, dominant, But I yeah. really do think it is that he like can not really restrain himself from like eating her. You know, I think that is like the main thing. I mean, going back to that scene where they're you yeah. know getting intimate and he just can't do it. Okay, well that's a, that's a genuine obstacle. Then I wasn't sure because they, I couldn't tell because he's also attracted to her, right? Oh, obviously. He's got, I mean, like, these two appetites are they conflicting with each other? Yes, awkward. That's yeah. why this is like the so... Seinfeld episode where George conflicts like eating and sex and TV. And it's the it famous all... meme where like people say it's just him acting like he has to poop and he can't, and it's just his facial expression the entire oh, movie. God, I don't see so... that. <laughs> this is that. What, what I have to point out though, what an unbelievable transition, and I and I and I damn it, did not do my research on this because I forgot. But the guy in this movie from Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. The guy that gets eaten by the rogue vampire gang, the, the bald guy. The nice neighbor guy who meets her in the cafe. Yes. and he's Yes, and he's the, the Vietnam vet. He's the vet. That Elaine hires to work for Peterman's uh, catalog as a writer, and he writes brilliant copy, as I recall. Yeah. So, yes, that I, it took me like half an hour. to who I was like, who is this guy? And that's who he is. He's the guy from Seinfeld that worked for Peterman. Yeah. Yeah. That- so, yeah, I, don't, I, I guess we can kind of close the loop on that, right? Like... We know the theme. I don't feel like they necessarily executed it well, but maybe you're maybe you're, you're giving me something with that sort of. He's always having to sort of sacrifice his appetite, as it were, to be with her. Which that's yeah. that's that's a kind of a cool concept. I, yeah, I don't, and that's the thing. I don't, and I I kind of as you said, you know, the forbidden love theme. It's not a bad theme. It can be a really interesting yeah. theme, and I think the way you just put it there, yeah, it's. I don't think it's terrible. Now the way the the characters are are written and the the dialogue is pretty terrible. And I, I want to call out a couple of prime examples here oh, in a minute. I can't wait. I've got some too. But, <laughs> oh yes. But yeah, Grizz, did you have another theme that you? No, I thought throw? it was okay. the coming of age. Oh yeah, that's right. You said, holy, yeah. yeah, you guys hit it on a whole other level, which is great. Gosh, where do we go from here? Can Jeez. I just say a couple That's things a, I liked about yeah, it? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. And I, yeah, I want to pile on. Let's go. I'm just going to throw go. a few out there. Um, I and this is simple, but I loved the Pacific Northwest setting. Agree. It was beautiful. Agree. There were some shots of the vistas and the valleys in there. And I know that it weren't really heavy on the blue filter, but I thought it really helped the movie, especially because of the paleness of the vampires and everything. I will defer to Grizz. He probably has more informed thoughts about that, and he probably is more of a critic. But I'll just say this. As not a lens snob, and I mean that in a good way, um, I, I loved it. I loved the look and feel. I loved the Pacific Northwest. Um, I loved how simple the story was. Very, very simple. Uh, we talked about Tommy Boy being like a, like a just, this is the story, right? Um, to me, Twilight was like, these two people fall in love. Let's see where we go from here. Simple story. I can get down with that. Not that I don't like complicated stories, but I can appreciate a good simple story with the cinematography i think the blue filter was very extreme um but they used it in an interesting way i did not look up who the who shot this or what other work they'd done roger deacons um, yeah right. <laughs> uh but it, it's interesting it was a very low budget for this kind of a film 37 mil so it's not like they couldn't have done things but they definitely took creative liberties the scenery was unreal i will say that like they went like big budget like set piece to set piece like they looked for very specific looks um, maybe that was pulled from the book so they could pull like a more exaggerated scenery, like the, yeah, the sweeping landscapes and going from Arizona to P and W back to Arizona to, you know, all over the place. Um, but yeah, the blue tent was interesting, but the only reason I think that was because they went so heavy with the opposite color scheme. So they had what the Twizzlers showed up a bunch. I don't know if that was a sponsor for the movie, but it kept popping up, but it was this bright blood red treat that the kids were eating. 
which was interesting. The truck was bright orange or what was it? Bright orange or reddish. Um, so it was complete opposite. So you see all these things and they took those creative liberties and then they kind of popped them in. The movie actually got weirdly warmer as the movie got went on. Um, but I think that was maybe naturally because they were kind of filling in more characters, but, um, yeah, did you did... refer to the Pacific Northwest as the PNW? Yes. PNW. That you're so cool. Um, is, is that, is that what normal? it's called? I've never heard that. It sounds a little pretentious. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, okay. Well, I'm as pretentious as it can be. Then. <laughs> um, also, I'll say I love the idea of um, the, just the whole idea of vampires trying to fit into society and be, and be good and like be these good vampires. I agree, the Cullen I agree. family was interesting to me. I, now, see, and I that actually uh, caught me a little off guard when I watched this movie. I assumed that the Cullen family were going to be kind of the the bad guys, the antagonists, and that they were, and that Pattinson was going to be, you know, coming to loggerheads with them, and they were going to be the ultimately the bad guys. And I and I think that actually probably would have made the movie a lot better yeah. uh, and a lot more interesting. Um, well, uh, let me add this: mm-hmm. if if the true villains would have actually been engaging and interesting, then no. But because the true villains were just like terrible, then I agree. Yeah, they phoned in the villain for this for sure. But it was really I, mean, I would have loved to see more of the Cullen family and how they. How do they live here long term? Like yeah, Peter Fashionelli yeah. was. I, I really liked him a lot. He's a very, very yeah. likable guy. Mike were, Dexter from uh, Can't Hardly Wait. Right. Also, do you guys remember the the TV show on Fox, Fast Lane? By any chance, Bill Bellamy, Peter Fashionelli. It was kind of like a cool cops and Ferraris. I think it was in L.A. Um, flying around, saving attractive women. I believe you doing drugs. It was on right after Party of Five. I think. Yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch Party of Five? Oh hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt, man, come on. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I've just never, I never got into it. I was watching Friends during that, that time of my life. So, so I feel like, guys, we're 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 already in the midst of our classic segment, flip the script, right? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I was kind of middling on this movie, so I'm flipping the script. As you know, it's not. I'm not flipping it quite as much as you guys are. But I, I do want to pile on a little bit with a couple things I did like about that movie, and then let's shred this shit. Okay. So sounds good. Um. I also agree. Um, landscape, um, the you know the P and W, absolutely beautiful. P and W. Sorry. There P&W. you go. There you go. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I thought the I so the the blue and also the the gray. There was so much gray in this movie, and I did I did thought or think it it added a lot to the atmosphere in a, in a good way. I did kind of feel like maybe it was hiding some things sometimes, just some some shots that weren't that good that just were made all the more atmospheric and and beautiful by the the filters um but nonetheless it, good i mean that it it helped i think um and you know just atmosphere overall was 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 pretty good um and i and i think you know ultimately what what this movie you know did well was it did exactly what it set out to do and it did it really really well and i know money is not certainly not the only measure of the success of a film but I mean, this movie made a shitload of money and, you know, because it knew what it wanted to do, it knew its audience and it nailed it. And I, you know, while the movie was not for me, I ultimately respect that. And I guess, and one other thing I'll just a little, you know, add on here is, you know, this, this is a good movie to watch with a woman. This movie, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it less had I watched it by myself. I think my, my girlfriend helped me find some things to like in this movie and if i would have just sat here bitter on my couch 
um, I probably wouldn't have felt the same way. Yeah, April wanted to watch it with me, and I it just never lined up. I wonder if I would have, yeah, liked it more. Um, I want to I want to add on to that and say I had a note here when you were talking about the movie doing exactly what it set out to do. In other words, like it, it had an agenda. It it was it it was it fulfilled a purpose. And I, so I had, a, I had a note here that this movie is science, not art. So this movie was engineered for teenage girls in order to make a shit ton of money. And yeah. that's exactly what it did. Yeah. 10x your investment from, you know, 40 to 400 something million is pretty damn good, but it was very formulaic. It's like a Marvel movie. Those yeah. movies are all engineered. Yep. I, and honestly, I'm kind of, I'm almost curious to watch the rest of them as bad as that sounds to like, see how they made it maybe better. I have no idea. I know they were shot differently and I, they looked different from this first film. Um, but I, my curiosity, curiosity is kind of peaked for the other films now. There's four more, so oh god, oh geez, there's so, four right, more, three more, three more. Yeah, no, that's there's, right. there's, so there's a part four one total. And two. There's, there's four total. Yeah. yeah, that's right. One, two, and three, and then the third film was split into two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I and and I, and Nick, I'm going to disagree with you in that I don't respect the movie for that. I don't res- I don't respect movies that are science, not art, as it were. Um, I need art. And so yeah, I think we both agree that that is what the movie is, but I, I think I probably deduct more from a movie than you do just fundamentally out of personal preference. So Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's very fair. And um, I will also say there are, you know, by virtue of it being the kind of movie that it is, it does some things that almost kind of, um, and now I think we're transitioning to the, to the yeah. bad. Sorry, we can't, we kind of um, <laughs> blew through the flip the script. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that um, that kind of insult the audience in a way and and insult their intelligence. So um, narration. let me just inner yeah, monologue narration. Yes, Googling. Yes, <laughs> you know I, I I will give you um, one very basic example of that very early in the film um, as part of the voiceover. You know, my dad is chief of police. Shows dad wearing police uniform. It's like, uh, 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 yeah, we see that there, girl. Like it's, you know, and I think there's a lot of that. There's a lot of telling and showing in this movie just to make sure you're following along. Do you know what 15 year old girls do though? They yeah play with their phones the whole movie. They journal and they, and they write in their diaries and it was literally like she's reading a diary kind of. Yeah. Back to the formulaic thing. I think they did it on purpose to make it easier for young adults. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I get it and I get it. They did it very deliberately. I'm not saying this was like a choice that was just like a stupid choice. I actually think it was probably a smart choice because they knew their audience. Now it it may, yeah, right though. But it's, but there's a, there's a version of Blade Runner with, with uh voiceover in there. Oh, I know all about, I know all about that. And and that's not okay. Yeah. Right. So that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Us uh, podcasters yeah. with six episodes behind us, we can say whatever we want, right? No. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> of course. No, I think, yeah, some of those characters, one of the quotes that I pulled out was, I'm Eric, your eyes and ears of this place. Anything you need, I'm your guide. And like, he just like literally as they're walking into school, he's like, I'm the character to help you tell you about who this is and who this is. And it's like the classic. What a goofy little character. He never even popped back up again, did yep. he? Weird. <laughs> Poor little Weird. guy. Just quick <laughs> just, in and out. He popped in and out. Just, and he wanted to run the feature on her for, this, yeah. for the school paper. He had yeah. so much potential. He was ve- they were yeah. very kind to her for a first time weirdo coming back. That's a, note, like that's a huge later, note that I've got. Years, yeah. Well, it was like the thing that was kind of weird was like everyone's like she's so hot. Like it's like I mean, even if everyone finds her attractive, it was just kind of weird that like you said, everyone just immediately is like she's the coolest. Like it was kind of it was just a little off. That was one of the biggest problems I had with this movie is the treatment of Bella. Mm-hmm. And 
And I, I think that that was intentional. And I think that 15 year old girls tracked with that because they're the center of their universe, right? And Bella was absolutely the center of this universe. Everybody loved her. Everybody cared about her. No one ever cared about what anyone else was thinking, feeling, or going through than Bella. The vampires, her friends, the townspeople, her family. She was so unrealistically held up on a pedestal in this movie. And I get it. She's the protagonist. They're the center of attention in a movie. But it, this movie, just it was an order of magnitude like more unrealistic than it than any other movie I've seen. And the way they tried to make her like like less perfect like by making her clumsy it was just she can't i can't dance it was so right and the dance there was literally a point where she just like just absolutely plummeted down a flight of stairs and like out a window and like a (laughs) like a fucking three stooges skit it was like it was very strange but yeah that was just funny how they tried to like a very reoccurring item because i mean the first scene you ever walking out of the house she slips on the ice and falls flat on her ass and it's yeah it's pretty good right it's yeah it's it's a little much uh, all right. Um, yeah, let's keep let's keep tearing into it here. Sure, I'll give you another one. Pacing, yeah, pacing, and structure. This movie was all over the place. We just talked about a great three act movie, Tommy Boy, and this one, I couldn't tell what was about to happen. Um, and it's weird because I knew exactly what was going to happen, but like at the same time, I'm like, well, wh- why? Why is this scene here? This doesn't belong here. I don't feel compelled to keep going. It's just these two people just doting over each other. And scene after scene after scene, and then you get sort of escalation of tension, and then nothing happens, and then you get a weird-ass baseball montage, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, the pacing and the structure, it's it's like somebody who has never written a screenplay before wrote this screenplay and didn't storyboard it. Agree. What do you guys think? Agree. I, I would just say, I, I think to me, very. I think I said this to you earlier. Very little happened in this movie, I I felt like, and it felt to me kind of like, and once again, I think this was intentional, and it's why I'm not going to shred this movie as bad as, you know, people might think. It felt like the first act, kind of, of of a movie, except it was, you know, a couple of hours long. So um, maybe that's kind of why not so much happened because it was really only sort of one act of it a was bigger very story. much a one, a one one act. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, I think that was intentional. Did it give a good viewing experience? Um, you know, that's debatable. Yeah, it was enough to be intrigued. I think that was what I was kind of shocked by the whole Jacob uh, character. I forgot because he's a massive like the whole uh, three way fight or love interest thing in the later films. From what I understand, it's Jacob, Edward, and Bella fighting for each other. So him not being as much in this film, I was kind of shocked by. I thought he was going to be more in this, but he's like the teaser throughout the whole film. He's popping in. He knows her from history or whatever when they were younger, and then at the end, you have like that teaser that he's going to come back, or they have this. It was interesting. I mean, at least it pulled my interest every so often. But yeah, this was a very boring movie. It just went scene to scene and it went, it like you said, it like built up and then it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then it went to the next scene and kind of built up and then didn't, didn't go anywhere. It wasn't until like the third act, late in the third, or like late in the, or early in the third act where it got really exciting when they're getting chased and they go through that, you know, the big bad guys are kind of chasing after them and there's actually some type of threat. So just want to remind everybody you're listening to Critical Mess. I am Nick Honeywell. I'm here with Brian. I'm here with Grizz. We're talking Twilight. We're drinking 1792. And we are going to talk about quotes now. I want to I want to do a few pull quotes. Uh, I know we all wrote a couple down uh, that stuck out to us. I think, you know, once again, I will just reiterate, you know, I gave this movie a little bit of a weirdly high score. 
because of some of these quotes and um oh. so it's a little bit of an ironic okay high score um they're actually i'm going to give one example though that was intentionally funny and it landed for me um but um i want um um and you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna start with that i'm gonna start with that so there there was a scene and i'm and forgive me i'm i'm not gonna remember exactly who it was it was two of the the lesser vampires and they were sitting in a restaurant talking to each other and one tells the other one that they can read minds. And, um, and I think, believe he's looking around the room and he's like, uh, money, sex, money, money, cat. And like, <laughs> that was pretty good. That was good. That it was gave good. me a nice, it gave me a nice chuckle. And, um, you know, I thought that was, um, you know, kind of the first intentionally funny moment of the movie, but let's talk about some of the lesser dialogue. Um, so I, I took offense to this one as a vegan, um, uh, Ed, uh, uh, Edward says, it's like a human living only on tofu. It keeps you strong, but never fully satisfied. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've never been more satisfied with food than after I became a vegan. So that, that's, that's bullshit, Edward. Okay. It's a bad analogy. Um, but, but really though, just full, full serious. I'm, I mean, that's just like bad. Right? What about the comparison of him being a vegetarian? And then he explains that he eats only animals. And he just made that like that, like it made sense. That <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was weird. Um, he says, uh, "You are my life to, to her." I mean, just like these platitudes that are just like bad and also unrealistic. Um, I don't have a bunch of specific quotes written down. Those are the only ones I've got, like verbatim. Chris, anything that struck you specifically? Uh, butt crack you? Santa. Butt crack Santa. Do you guys remember that quick line? Pardon. The, Butt crack I don't. I don't. But tell so me all about when, it. Like she gets to town, and like her dad's eating at that little diner, and this random guy and the wife comes up, and he's like, uh, he's like trying oh, to, like, yeah. he's like trying to like see, like, oh, do you you not remember me? He's like, I'm butt. I was that's, butt That's the guy it. from Seinfeld, right? Oh, yeah. Is that right? who was? I think that okay. was that guy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I was like, what the? What was that? It was just so awkward. It was like, and he goes, uh, he goes, everybody loves those little bottles, and then he walks away. I was like, what was he talking about? <laughs> it was so weird. And then they, you never see them again. I mean, yeah. But it's stuff like that. And then uh, what was the spider monkey uh, mm. comment? He's like, hold on, little spider monkey or something. Mm. And she jumps on his back and they fly through the forest together. Yeah. Give us some more, Nick. Do you have any yeah, more? Yeah, I, I got a couple. I got a couple. Um, when um, Pattinson is is being tough guy, when uh, he's, you know, he, he comes in the Volvo flying around the corner and kind of does the 180, kind of Mike Lowry style, aka, you know, mm-hmm. Bad Boys 2. Mm-hmm. Bad Boys right? 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when, when, you know, that whole scene transpires and... Then he says something like, I should have ripped their arms off or I should have ripped them to shreds. Or well, something. he does that- say something like that. That wasn't the line I was, okay. was going to pick, but that one was bad too. Um, but when, but when um, they're, they're just pulling off and he's like distract me distract me so i won't turn around (laughs) what a what a badass i mean robert pattinson i don't know i don't know what the story behind him in this movie was but he's a good actor he's great i I I love him in almost everything he's in he was horrible in this movie and i think it was the direction and dialogue I don't think it was him. I, mean, I, I agree. God, I agree with was all that. Cringe. Yeah, yeah Pattinson I, is a legitimately good actor. My my single word for this entire movie was just awkward. Cringe like, was mine. Yeah, cringe yep. and yep. yeah, awkward is nice. like the word that came to mind. It just felt weird and like just so strange to like watch these people have this dialogue. It just didn't feel natural at all. Like you can tell, maybe stuff was pulled from the the books or something. It just didn't feel natural. So I want to I want to talk about a scene that epitomizes what you were just saying. Although oh. before I do that, I want to throw one or two more quotes yeah, out. Oh but, yes, but, but we're going to talk about that though. So um, another quote that just absolutely killed me. 
you're my own personal brand of heroin. Mm. 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 Ouch. I almost wrote that one down. Ooh, that one burned. I do have that one down as well. That one burned. Um, uh, the, you know, and, and just, and Brian, I think you were getting to it too. You know, just these platitudes, these love, pla- you know, I don't have the strength to stay away from you. I mean, good Lord. He laid it on pretty thick. I landed it on. It was laid thick. on pretty thick. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Jeez. Anyway, um, back to what you were talking about, Grizz. The Cringe. kind of the the ul- the ultra awkwardness. Um, to me, that was epitomized the most. This was towards the beginning of the film, but I hope you two can remember this scene because to me, it was probably the most salient um, scene in the whole movie. Uh, and it was the scene where. Edward is sitting in class. It's like science class. And Bella comes in and they kind of meet for the first time. And there's the open seat next to Edward, right? And it's like he kind of starts like going back and forth. He kind of starts like convulsing a little bit, you know? And he starts like, I mean, it seems like there's something really like kind of sexual going on, you know? Like, And also this, he has to poop. Or yes, something. It's something he's got to take a shit. He's got to, you know, some, whatever it is. Like something's bothering him. Something's giving him the itch, right? Uh-huh. And if you ever rewatch you know, this movie again in your life, I want you to watch his face and just imagine. Oh, I, that's that was the art direction. All right, now just pretend that you have to shit really, really bad, yeah. but you can't do it right. Trust now. us, it'll come off as sexy. Yeah. Well, no, I took it as like very blatantly sexy. Like Robert, like act like you're climaxing. Like that your was pants. his own face. <laughs> yes, act like you're climaxing for sixty seconds straight as she walks in, and just do it over and over again, man. Like that's because, and that's Poor the actor. thing too. It just goes on and like, okay, it would be bad enough if like he just kind of did that little, you know, th- that little whatever climax thing he does for like a second or two. But man, it just keeps going and going and going. And it is so awkward, so strange. And my girlfriend tells me it has led to thousands of memes and, um, oh yeah, you know, and lampooning. So I, I you know, the the people know this scene. Um, but holy shit, it is absolutely, it is, it is notable. Yeah. And for a cold, wet, um, weathered place, uh, why did the school have the fan in that room? Was it just incredibly hot? After they just described this place as a cold, wet. You know, cloudy place. They don't have AC in the PNW, so they oh, use fans. Wow, Ooh. listen to you, PNW. Got him. <laughs> Let's talk about the baseball scene. Oh my god, we need. Let's we just get it out of the way. We got to get it out of the baseball. way. Yeah. Um. Just you know, and 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 just just go, guys. Please. Guys, how how can a bat hitting a ball create a sound equivalent to thunder without the ball and the bat completely disintegrating? That makes no sense somebody who's not ever lived in this world and paid attention to physics wrote that. Do, what, do you, what about the part where they were flying in the air and catching the balls and missing the balls? Like, did you miss that? Like, oh, I don't think they were looking at, you know, they were calling, you know, Bill Nye, the science guy to confirm all this stuff. But. Well, no, no, because I think the movie is <laughs> selling us that vampires can fly and jump, right? The movie's, mm. the movie's already selling us that, right? But the movie's not selling us the fact that it's not like the movie went, these vampires have a special kind of baseball and a special kind of bat. Yeah, inanimate <laughs> objects are violating the laws of physics. Yes, thank you, thank you. Okay, um, that it's like that, it, I, I, that may seem really like I bet if a fifteen-year-old girl was listening to this, which th- there aren't any, um, she would go, "Why do you care about that? There are vampires playing baseball. It's amazing." But no, it's like that took me out of it because that doesn't happen. And also, why did they have to wait for the thunder and lightning? Because nobody else would be outside and it'd be cloudy. How did they know when the lightning and thunder were going to hit in order to sync it up with the... The weather channel? I don't know. I mean... (laughs) 
Um, weather was in 2008. I think they had it back then. Why? I like their throwback jerseys. Those are pretty good from what the 20s where they all came from. But those they did look like from the 20s. Why, why baseball? Why was everybody in this movie like a, watching kind of baseball? A bizarre, yeah, because baseball is not wasn't really hot in the zeitgeist, you no. know. And I mean, isn't now? It wasn't really in 2008. It was again. Kinda... I think it was just one of those like let's. I from what I understand, it is not in the book. I saw one of the reviews that they said like there was just a thrown in scene there for. I have no idea why they picked baseball of all sports. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of baseball. It wasn't my until my son got into it that I just absolutely love it now that I'm watching him play. But this game made no sense. Like them running around the bases, the ball flying through the woods, them running. The, and we're talking, and how? What an unsexy sport, you know? So unsexy. Gone, yeah, I mean, give us some beach volleyball yeah. or something <laughs> like that. Just I just th- there was also no functional mechanism for that to be in the story. Like maybe if this was how they revealed that the vampires had these powers, like okay, at least it's there for a reason. We already knew the vampires could do all of these crazy superhero things, right? We didn't need this to ex- exposit that to us. And um, it's like they chose to play this game of baseball. In, in like in this, uh, why don't they eat their food? Well, they, they don't eat, I guess. Why don't they do any of the other things in their life to the superhero degree? Why do they just do baseball that way? You know what I mean? Like, why don't they just play baseball normal? It doesn't line up with how they how they live. I don't know. Nothing about it made any sense. It's a great it was questions. like somebody wrote it when they were drunk and just wasn't thinking about it. Didn't vet it with anybody else. And it almost felt like a di- part of a different movie. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was odd. Sorry, um, I, guys, I, I just had to... Forgive me, but I just had to get all that out. That I fucking hated that scene. One of the worst scenes in all of cinema. No, my my notes on this scene were, LOL, LOL, what the fuck, guitar solo, LOL, when the bad vampires come so hot. Oh, yeah, the guitar solo. I forgot about it. There was like just the... There was just a... The yeah, just like it was a... awesome. It was like a Kirk Hammett just ripping it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right when the... Yeah, right when the bad vampires came. And I think, you know, that was... You know, that's another point about that scene is that like, it was like... That scene. So when did that? It was about two thirds through the movie, yeah, it was probably past halfway, right, yeah. right. And it was like I think that was like the first like real conflict. Yeah, it was that of, happened it was a, it was, in the that whole was the movie. Start of the third act to help explode it to the villains coming in, and then that immediately went into the road trip. They left right there, and they jumped in their jeep and drove off. Right. What a strange kind of way to introduce like the antagonist so late in the film, completely undeveloped. They, they didn't introduce him. They teased him throughout the film. So I will say like they actually did tease him up at the very beginning. It was like that horror-ish scene where you could see the, the what was it, a guard or was it a policeman? I can't remember who it was that he chased through the woods and killed him. And that was the first murder of the town of, I, yeah, I guess they were alluding to it, but it was like you you knew not you didn't even see the and person. then another person died you know? maybe you know at the end of the first act, so they were kind of teasing it throughout. They, they, they did those teased it. That's fair moments, but that wasn't until you actually met them, figure out who the fuck they were. They're just another random covenant of vampires passing through town, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, clearly, the writers were much more interested in exploring the love between. Bella and Edward then actually developing like, you know, villains and I things like that. I guarantee those jerseys were all vintage, exact replicas of nineteen twenty baseball outfits, I'm sure. I'll give him credit to for that. Sure that was correct. I liked the dad. <laughs> he was good. Yeah. I liked him a lot. He was the best. Couldn't you have seen like a Carl Urban in that role? Kind oh, I, I would have loved Billy the Butcher in that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would have been good. This is just a small note, but it really pissed me off that um, Claire DeLune was in this movie and that um, Pattinson was playing it. That's just such a one of the greatest pieces of music ever written. It is, but it's also over. It's oh, also, totally, it's in totally, every completely agree with you. But Amazing just here, piece, but it's in every it stung movie. a little extra. Yeah. You know, as, Ocean's Eleven as, as should have been the last time it was in a movie, 
and then that's it. That they, that movie has claimed that song, but no. I've got a couple rapid fires for you guys. Let's do it. Um, I just I don't want this podcast to be two hours. I could I I have barely even gotten into what I hate about it. I'm not going to say everything I hated about it. I'm just going to give you a couple rap, rapid fires. Give me a give me your quick reaction. Agree, disagree, or you know nuance it a little bit. Um, and uh, so Robert Pattinson's performance terrible. Have we have we already decided that? I mean, do, strongly. Do, do you guys agree with that? Terrible, not his fault. Not his fault. Yep. Well, we hope so. Um, in a town of 3,100, which Forks was 3,100 on the sign population. Yeah, she said it out loud in the narration, yeah. I'm not buying the number of kids in the high school. There were 3,100 hmm. kids in that damn high school. Didn't make sense. That was a lot of kids. Thoughts? Very small It could town. be one of those, like, you know, sometimes the small towns. Tri-county they have something? Like, yeah, okay. it could be. Could be, But yeah, that's sure. fair. That's fair. Um, the, uh, let's see. The, the, the reaction, character reactions. Edward tells Bella he can read people's minds in that cafe. And then he reads everyone's mind. And then Bella, Bella doesn't go, oh my God, what? She, she just goes, she just like says something mundane. I don't even remember what she said. It was so un, uninteresting. She doesn't even bat an eye that he can do that. Don't you think if somebody came up to you and read everyone's minds, you would have some sort of a reaction? Yeah, like, let's be millionaires tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was this before, after she Googled the first time and started to learn more about the powers and the things? Of, this was earlier on. It was early, wasn't it? But still, like... She Googled a couple times. There was just the, the, re, the character <laughs> the reactions. powers and stuff. Like, she should have been, like, somehow reacting to the, to the yeah. fact that this being can do these things. Like in a way that a human would react yeah. if they well, came across she's also, somebody. She's also she's a very awkward person in this entire movie. But there was the scene where she like pulls up to her. Where'd she pull up to? And she sees like the police cars everywhere. Her dad's there. Edward's dad's there. And there and she's like, oh wow, what is going on here? And she just says it awkwardly. But there's a lot of those lines. In 2008, you use realistic CGI, or you don't use it. And that's not the case here. The the, the CGI in this movie was was horrible. Um, I, th I feel like they just should not have shown the fast running or, um, you know, any, any of the, there shouldn't be that middle ground, just either show it or don't have the budget and don't show it. And I'm fine with that. Don't have, don't have this weird middle ground of bad CGI in 2008. I agree. What you guys think it, of visual effects? It was, it was rough and it was, and it was, it was actually beyond rough. It was pretty like when he's sprinting through the forest with like her on her back and like jumping from yeah, just, tree just to don't tree. show it. Just don't show it. Was, it. it was pretty cringy. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't, it was stupid to begin with, even if it looked amazing. 2008 was an odd time. There were a lot of movies with unbelievable CGI, and then there were a lot of movies with just absolute shit CGI. I mean, uh, was it uh, one of the Pirates films, The Dead Man's Chest, I think, with uh, Davy Jones? That was like, I still think that's one of the greatest examples of cgi for yeah. a villain and that yeah. was the same, yeah. was the same, yeah. same yeah. roughly the same year yeah, so like there's like movies like that and then you have this where you're like jesus like this is just awful all right i've got like three more um the very large group of teenagers that are going to randomly gang rape bella in the parking lot is that how teenagers act these days i, I mean teenagers they were on like a dock they look like workers no they were in a parking lot and they were just gonna like rape her was that the implication? Yeah, it was because he was. I mean, like, I guess. I, I mean, I guess I, what I, else would the implication the car, be? He says in the car, "You have no idea what how sick they're." Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. That was the, the implication. World. I mean, what else could it be? Yeah, I, I, I was kind of hoping that Edward's going to go like absolute brutal and just like rip them all apart or something. That would have been great. Yeah, this been this town of thirty one hundred just has this group of yeah. rapers just running around. I like, would have bought it if it was one guy. 
Yeah. But it was a it was a, a group of like eight or nine teenagers. Like that was a little macabre. It was it was off. Uh, a couple more, <laughs> Grizz. You might you might like this one. The cinematography was quite jarring. Uh, so I had r- written here: um, rotating Michael Bay pans to wide shot Dutch angles to super wide crane shots to high frame rate slow mo to low frame rate slow mo to fixed camera slow zooms to random mixtures of medium, wide, and close-ups, all in the same scene. Seeing all that in the same movie, I've never been more uninterested and bored by a film. And you say all of that, and you're like, wow, that sounds fucking extreme. Like, I, that looks like a Michael Bay film. And it did not look like that. They just used them because they could use them, I guess. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it, awful. You, thank you. You said yeah. it. I feel like they just, they were like, well, what kind of shot should we do let's just pick one out of a grab or they knew the scene was super boring and they had to do something that they did a lot of shaky cam too just to make it more you know edgy i guess of just talking scenes to character yeah awful uh last one guys last one um and i know this was one that i think that was that was discussed a lot back when this came out but i I can't let it go okay um as a there are some great vampire movies out there matter of fact one of the icebreakers could have been like what's your favorite vampire movie kind of deal maybe um, okay no let's let's do it right now Right now, top vampire movie. Let's drop it. Oh shit! I mean, I, I know mine. I mean, Blade. Yeah, obviously. Um, I'd say Blade. Yeah, thank you. Got those. I'm you're really welcome. glad we're on the same page. Okay, with that. good. Let's good. continue. Good. Okay. Um. So, uh, but Ivan, I have an issue, and I know that vampire lore. No one owns it. No one owns that IP. It's a thing. It's like it's like elves, right? You know, Tolkien's elves are different from someone else's elves. It's just a, it's a type of thing. It's not a. But you got to follow some rules here. And I don't, I don't want to even say it that way. You don't have to follow rules. You just need to make a vampire a vampire or make it something else. And you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but um, they, really, they really removed a bunch of constraints of vampires and added a bunch of things just in service of the plot. It's like they had this plot and they go, okay, how can we make these vampires like sexy or how can we make them do whatever we, they want to do? So they've got super speed. It's like, okay, that's not really what vampires are known for, but I can buy it, I guess. But they sparkle. Right, instead of like being consumed by the sun, so that's a huge difference. Um, they can read minds. Like, are you guys familiar with vampires? It, being I able think to read it was minds? interesting that they each had different powers. That was they noted on that, like uh, when the him and the like the big bad at the end were in that ballet studio, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there like choking him, like the villains choking out Edward, and he's like, "Oh, you're very fast, but you're not strong like the others." I thought that was interesting that like they all have different takes on. One can read minds. One can be super fast, and they even said that he was super fast in baseball. So they're like the Avengers, like. But that's not a, that's not a vampire's thing either. Where vampires? No, it's all not. But I think they a, took liberties, and they took they. I think that was their gamble, I guess, of just trying different things and trying to open up the world of vampires, if you will. Tree climbing, um, long jumping, and visions. Like I, I don't know this list of things that they can do. Can we just talk about for for one second? They they literally sparkle. I just had a hard time. I mean, we're trying to appeal to teen girls, and they're like, "Let's just make Pattinson literally Let's just bedazzle sparkle. Them. Let's be dazzle the shit out of him," and it worked. Yep. it worked so well. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there you go, guys. I, I those are my big things. I mean, you know, it's it's just come on, give me something here. I've got just a couple rapid fires, um, just to just to pile on here. Um, okay. Who's got the best character arc in this movie? Good luck. I had a note that Pat and uh, Bella and Edward have zero character arc whatsoever, and I think I don't. And I think it's an Act One movie, like you said. So I have no answer to that. Uh, her dad. 
I don't. I have no idea. I don't know if anybody had character arcs in this. It did feel like a teaser for the other films. I was gonna go with the guy from Seinfeld. Yeah, I feel like you know he started off <laughs> yeah. fun. He made a good joke. Yeah. Then he got in a real serious situation, and then he got murdered by some vampires. And I just felt it kind of came, you know, full circle. Kind of a one eighty. Yeah. It was fun. Did the sister joke. hate Bella at the end like she did at the beginning, or did she come around? The sister. All right, so I need to ask about that. Or the girlfriend. There, was, there was the end scene where they're at the dance at the prom. And then it slowly zooms back and then it shows up in the rafters. It shows that blonde girl and she's like pseudo crying. And then she walks slowly away with like a smirk on her face. And then the movie ends. So I don't know. If, was that one of the family members? No, she was the she was one of the three bad guys. Yeah. And what well, she a... was? She was the one that left the, the one footprint and the one patch of right. dirt, but no other footprints on the entire dirt path she was running on. Oh, and she, I'm yeah. sure that's a Remember character. the police found one footprint. Yeah, I'm sure that was a character from the books or something like that that yeah. like teased it to the next films. But... No, I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about the um yeah, the this this she's either the sister, she's one of the ones that lives with them and she remember she hates Bella? Yeah, okay. I was trying to help Victoria. Victoria, Victoria, Victoria short okay. dark hair. Yeah. No, not the short oh, not dark the hair. One. Yeah. The other one. The other one okay. hated Bella. If she liked Bella at the end, that would be my answer, but I don't <laughs> think she liked Bella at the end, so that's not my answer. And th- and that was such a strange ending. Like I my my final note was was like who who the hell is this person and why do I care? Like she was in the movie for two seconds. I don't the even family and like I got lost once that. But I'm well, sure didn't... it's tied to the books and it's just it like probably a is. It's like a formulaic Marvel movie. It just ties into the next. Jacob being like a tease throughout. He's going to be a bigger character, obviously. And then... but you, you can't expect that I've read the book and that I know who this person is. You no, know, they went after a very specific audience. And I think yeah, they knew I mean, that, I, yeah. So. Once again, I mean, you yeah. should. By the way, I'm just going to say this: you should never have to have read a book to appreciate a movie. Never. I'm just going to say that that's a rule oh, of the I, cosmos. No one should disagree with that. Yeah. All right, and that's probably the most important rapid fire question we're going to get to. Um, I mean, are we on Team Edward or are we on Team Jacob? At Team Edward. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. I mean, he had come a on. Much larger piece in this film. I don't think uh, Jacob was in this much. I was actually shocked by how little he was in this film. I was shocked by his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's because a, he's I had never guy. seen that. Because once again, I hadn't seen the you know the movies. I didn't really. I, I had seen the guy before m- many times because he was very famous. Yeah. He's still, although are these, he's still famous. No, he's seem, not famous. Yeah, doesn't seem Taylor like Lautner. it. Yeah, he, Taylor he Lautner. Was, he yeah. was famous for from 2008 to 2014. Right after these films, he tried a few like quick you know box office movies and they just all flopped one after another so sadly no yeah he he uh he just i mean he looked like the like jay from jay and silent bob you know it was like yeah he had a mole he had the mole should we say he had the best acting in this film he he wasn't bad honestly to be honest he wasn't bad and he's not a great actor no no but i think he i think that he was he 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 was uh, he fit the part yeah no i think the dad i still think the dad was the best yeah he was pretty um, good yeah. yeah he was legitimately not bad he was he was decent. Any longer, and I think I'd feel bad shitting on this movie more. So I will say that I really, really, really wanted to like this movie because I really, really, really wanted to argue with you, especially Grizz. Mm. Um, My score was the lowest out of all. You, I know. But we basically had the same score though, and yeah. I, you know, so I actually full disclosure, I like, and I remember the first time I watched it, I remember enjoying it more than this time. So I, I really did not want to hate this movie, but when it came down to it. It's just a poorly made movie, and I had in my in my original note that I I didn't read yet, but um, I, I I had written down I don't think a movie should be made for a specific audience. That's my that's my I I think a movie should be made right. It shouldn't be pandering. 
That's why I hate Christian movies and faith-based movies because they're literally made for an audience. Like, don't just make a movie. Make the movie you want to make, and the audience will come. And I think this movie was first made for an audience, and then everything else came from that. Yeah, I think you're. I think I think that's a, a great closing thought. Actually, I don't know if you had have more to to, nice work, Brian. to add there, but that's a good. I I think that was very well stated. Grizz, do you have any any kind of um, closing thoughts or, or words of wisdom? For this vigorous discussion, uh, yeah, this movie was rough. I don't know. Uh, my closing thoughts are just really. Um, I remember hating this movie when it first came out, and I first, I the first time I watched it, it. I don't know if it grew on me, maybe a tiny bit. It was, it was just funny to watch. Um, but now I still am kind of intrigued to see if the other ones got better. I don't know if they did. I haven't looked at the ratings of the other films, but I don't know if I have it in me to watch three more of these. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I definitely don't have it in me to watch three more of these. Maybe like a super cut of like all yeah, like three quick, in like, like forty five minutes. Minute, yeah, fifteen twenty minutes. I might be able to handle that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so for me, I you know I I rated this movie higher than you guys did. I agree, it was not a good, especially from a critical standpoint. It was it was pretty terrible. It was pretty terrible. But I got a lot of ironic enjoyment out of this movie, and I got a little bit of intentional enjoyment out of this movie. And, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I was, um, you know, I, it, it was just, it was just kind of like, you know, a candy bar or, you know, or popcorn or just very little substance, but some weird enjoyment. It kind of, for some reason, I kind of kept drawing a parallel to something like, uh, like 50 shades of gray, right? You know, it's just, it, it's kind of trash and it kind of knows it's trash, right? And I kind of respect that in a weird way, I guess. Um, and yeah, and I know Brian. I see well, no, no, I, no. I get, I, yeah. Go Going on. back to the the comment I said at the beginning, I think that if this movie was a standalone movie, Twilight's just it's just that movie. That's the whole universe is that movie. It could be more of a cult classic, more of a campy, just kind of like trash movie. But it's like I don't think the movie clearly. I don't think the movie was trying to do that. I think it was like trying to be like this, like amazing, you know, series or whatever. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I am tracking with you, and I think that. I like I said before, I did not hate the movie. And if you had to tell me right right now that I had to watch the movie again, I would be like, okay, that's fine. Like I'll enjoy, you know, there, you know what I mean. Like, I, like I'll enjoy at least what I see. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and and I also, you know, my my score was also a little bit higher because, um, as we talked about a little bit earlier, the movie set out to do exactly what it set out to do all right accomplished exactly what it set out to do and i know that we differ a little bit on you know whether that should add points or detract points um but in in my opinion i i think that because it it accomplished its goal um that adds points for me so anyways clearly not a great movie a watchable movie um a watchable trashy movie but um you know i'm a, a sick part of me is is kind of happy i i watched it and an even sicker part of me kind of wants to see the next one but it's a once again, a very sick part. Go for it, man. Yeah. I'll say this. My very final, final, final thought of the movie, and it's the biggest sin that this movie cr- it commits, the the song that starts playing at the, at the, at the on the closing uh, credits. Oh, yeah, Radiohead. Fucking two-step by Radiohead. Yeah. that was. I don't know how they got that if in If Tom York was dead, he'd be rolling in his grave. I mean, God. How much do you think they paid for that out of that $37 I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that was probably deals done by record labels. Even though that was a release on an independent. Anyway, I love Radiohead, my favorite so band of all time. Yeah. And for that mo- for that song to be at the end, I just was like, it actually did oh blow my. me away because I'm a huge Radiohead fan, and it's just funny that I didn't that know pop- I didn't know you loved Radiohead. I mean, nice. I just loved listening to them back. You know, my nice. brother kind of got me onto them early on. I haven't listened to them in a while, but that I did notice that being the closing that just hit credits. me. I just was like, yeah. what? Yeah, like Radiohead. H- hello. Anyway, final thought. 
Yeah, I think that, you know, I have deep respect for Radiohead also, and um, I, I think that's great to call out because you're absolutely right. That was jarring. <laughs> Very jarring. <laughs> it was jarring. All right. So um, join us next time on Critical Mess where we are going to be talking about Armageddon. Oh, yeah. Oh, We're going to be talking Michael Bay. We're going to be talking Things Go Boom. Um, Another and- movie that I feel like a lot of 15-year-old girls loved. I remember seeing it. In, in a row. I think a lot of 15-year-olds, period. With a, yeah, I think it was like, yeah. I, I remember we took up the entire row, and it was like all 15-year-old couples. It was like a date movie. We it were was all a great just date there with movie. our girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. it's like a, it's like a two-and-a-half-hour music video. It, it I'm, is. I'm freaking hyped for this one. I, I love seeing that. I can't wait to rewatch it I can't, years I'm, later. I can't so. wait. Well, we are, we're going to rap about it uh, next time. So... All right, you listeners, you, you, you are all the best. If you made it this far, um, you should be considered for sainthood. Uh, we love you. Uh, we hope you keep listening. And give us a rating. S- yeah, and please, yes, give us a rating. It can, can, like a fucking one star rating. I don't care. Yeah, just, we just, I just please, want to read something. Just give us something. Yeah, yeah. Write something there. I think, didn't we say we, if we got 10 ratings, we were going to do the next episode? Um, naked. Buck naked. Yeah, buck yeah, naked. Fully yep. nude. So, yep, including I mean, producer Ben in the back, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, so, and here's the thing. There won't be video, but, um, you you'll know, be able to tell, right. You will feel that tension. We'll so, have our laptops like uh, on our laps. Yeah. Where they right. Belong. Yeah, just covering just enough, just enough. So yeah, <laughs> you guys, if y'all want to hear that, uh, leave a rating, leave a comment. Uh, we would, we would love it. Um, yes. Thank you all again. Thank you for listening. We love you all. And we will see you all next time. See ya. There you guys.